0: For fans by fans. Section three three six, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk.
1: Today on the show we'll talk about recent rumors of no fan fest for the Orioles. What's not a rumor though is Marcus Peters is with the Ravens. We'll talk about his first game. And we will debate whether the Ravens should go all in this year to try to win. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore Sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm, of, of, of course, Matt Sroka, your host, and my co-host to my right, the zany Burt Rohde. What up, coconuts? And the co-host to my left, the button lover, Josh Sroka.
2: Right, to, to your virtual left and your physically south.
1: Yeah, I like to make it sound like we're all in the room together, I even know. though we're all uh different parts of the world
2: yeah matt if we uh i've been seeing lots of traffic reports from back home and i was wondering if i leave my house now and you leave your house now who gets to bert's house first
1: it's really Uh, debatable because this bay bridge work and you know it's like uh working on the bay bridge it'll be a few years what (laughs) a few years
2: well i mean it is a pretty amazing bridge it's like what three miles Okay. The bridge, isn't it? Maybe it's not three miles.
0: It's a feat of architecture. No,
1: no, no. It's, 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 it's close to that, though. It's about that. It's long.
2: But, it's impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah but my, my wife the other day, who works on the other side of the bridge, we live on the Eastern Shore, uh, my wife left at the beginning of the Ravens game, like at 4.30, and my wife got to work in Annapolis at 7.30. Yikes. What should have been <laughs> a 30-minute cool. drive was a three-hour drive because of this bridge thing it's a mess how many times do you why.
2: consider just jumping off the bridge when you're just sitting there
1: yeah if i if i was had to drive that i want to do it i don't understand like, where all these cars are coming from going back over the bridge at you know on a sunday at four o'clock is right. everyone is that everyone's still going to the beach people the summer is over stop going to the beach what's wrong with you
0: well, yeah it was freezing this weekend
2: I think I think it's simply that there was a push for a while for everyone to move over onto the eastern shore, even though they worked on the western shore to, to move over there for better land prices and more space. And now yeah, the bridge didn't keep up with it.
1: And, and I'll tell you what, Josh, people over here, I gotta keep my voice down a little bit because people <laughs> over here and there's a lot of people over here who's lived over here forever. Right. And they're not fans of people who have recently moved over here, people like myself who have been uh-huh. over here for like six years now, they don't really like us very much. They prefer that we go back to Annapolis.
2: Yeah, yeah. Things were better before those people came in, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know how that goes. I hear a little they're bit of that down there. here, down in Florida.
1: Yeah. So have you tried to fit in? Do you have your Jacksonville J- Jalen Ramsey jersey yet?
2: No, I've been wanting to get a Minshew Mania <laughs> shirt But because uh, I've seen some of the shirts around town and they're pretty cool. So I'm definitely one. Of, I really want to be a Minshew fan. Yeah.
1: That, you think, I don't think he's long for starting though. Right? I don't he think he is like either. The definition of like a flash in the pan. But I,
2: yes, but I love every story that comes out about this man. The story, <laughs> like the, I t- shared with you a couple of weeks ago about the, the story of, of him trying to break his hand with a hammer when he was in college so he could get more eligibility in. And uh, the story this week leading into the game was how he still drives, like, an Acura that his mom gave him in high school because he doesn't spend any money. Like, you remember the Joe Flacco stories about how he, like, went to McDonald's with his first paycheck? Uh, Sure. Like, Minshew's even cheaper than Joe Flacco.
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe Flacco was smart in hindsight because he knew he wasn't going to get another big paycheck. That was going to be his only one.
1: Josh, your response. That was just a a jab. Your uh, response,
2: Josh. Thursday was really ugly.
1: <laughs>
2: I there's no way you can defend Joe. Though the off I tried. I tried when the game was going on because his offensive line is horrible. They give him no time. But uh he didn't care. He, he wasn't he he was not there. It was uh ugly flow, ugly if, Joe Flacco.
1: If you had to choose right now to be your quarterback, would you choose Joe Flacco or Lamar Jackson?
0: <laughs> we like, can, we can come back
2: to this right, question. right.
1: One of my favorite things about Twitter, I love kind of weird things about Twitter. I love Antonio Brown on Twitter. I think he's hilarious. I never understand what his tweets say at all. They just make me laugh. I oh, love that uh, I love that um, the juice going on they are talking about his fantasy team on his video every week, right. and people <laughs> just crushing in the comments. I love this. And one of the things I still love about Twitter is there's some knucklehead out there. Who still tweets about Joe Flacco every single week? Right. And you a Baltimore person, and I love it. It just makes me laugh every time. Do you when see? The, do you, you see Joe these Flacco.
2: tweets? Because the only yes. tweets I saw on yeah. Sunday were other people complaining that there's people still on Twitter defending Joe Flacco or oh, calling no, for Joe over Lamar. I don't see the I mean, actual tweets.
1: Yeah, I don't follow people who tweet that, but then like they get liked or replied to, right. and then I scroll back up and I see there, there it is. Uh like people talking like not, it's not even like defending Joe, it's just like talking about Joe Flacco, right? Because yeah. we can't let him go, which I think is hilarious and I love. And I can't let Joe Flacco go either. So I'm with you people. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. It was an awkward ending to Joe Flacco's career in Baltimore, so it, there was no closure there. For people. But I
1: don't, I don't even understand what people are arguing and fighting about. No, I mean, no. Like he got on fire. He led us to a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champ. We will forever love Joe for that. And then we moved on. Like this is like as cut and dry as you can be. Right. So it's weird that people are still hanging on to things.
2: Yeah, I was excited though, and we'll talk about the game and all when we get to our uh, football segment. But I was, I had ESPN on when I was working in the office this morning, and it's I don't know what the morning show is, but it's Stephen A. Smith's morning show. So I don't I don't know what it's called, but he's one of the hosts on there. And I just the bottom graphic caught me with the text going across because the story they were they were talking is is Lamar Jackson an elite quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, where how all of a sudden did like the word elite get locked into Baltimore quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, no, you can't talk about that. That that conversation's reserved for Joe Flacco. You can't even have that. You can talk about is he a great quarterback? Is he the oh, well, not candidate, all that stuff. But the elite talk, that stayed for Joe Flacco.
2: <laughs> don't worry. I, I pumped it up. Stephen A. Smith says, no, he's not an elite quarterback.
1: Okay. So, so Stephen A. Smith thinks that Joe Flacco is better than Lamar Jackson. Stephen A. Smith
2: thinks that Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback because he doesn't pass from the pocket.
1: Mm.
2: So mm. I don't... Well, give me
1: a quarterback that right. just wins football games. Uh, <laughs> right. and you can have your little... I thought that you was got... a... So if Stephen A. Smith wants Matthew Stafford, he can have him, and I'll take a quarterback who always wins.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it was who were they talking? They were talking about Trubisky and how Trubisky is a better quarterback. Was <laughs> it Mark Jackson? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's, no, it's just ridiculous, it's, and Trubisky it's just won't have a starting
1: job after this
2: year. Oh, it's it's Stephen yeah. A. Smith. He just tries to find an argument that people will be in favor, will argue with him, and he decided to go with the with the. Uh, the lamar Jackson's not a quarterback
1: well and it's not just Stephen a smith um the guy who writes for the baltimore sun michael P- uh preston. P- preston preston yeah i know i like to say wrong, names i wrong on purpose
2: it's a little dig
1: um not bad for a running back he, he gave Took you know, me a lot to find he, it he does his report card Do you see what he gave lamar jackson no
2: no what did he give lamar jackson
1: after outplaying Russell Wilson, he gave him a C plus.
2: Why? Oh, why? Because Mark Andrews dropped four passes.
1: He's not a good thrower. He was. He missed some passes. He missed some throws. Uh, Mike Prieston takes a more objective look uh, at the quarterback position, and therefore objectively had to give him a C plus. So, like, there's still, like, it's still, it's insane, right? Like, you go on the road and you lead the team. You literally lead the team to a huge win. And old boy's gonna sit back in his office and give him a C plus. It's just it's unbelievable. That's crazy
2: to me. All right, the only
0: reason he does that is is so cooks. you know, people will talk about him like we're doing right now. Yep. Yep. If we just not talk about it, he would go away.
2: Program director one oh five seven put an article out tonight if you uh had a little back and forth on Twitter about uh, because the headline is enjoy Lamar Jackson like for now or while you can. Because it's another oh, he's gonna get blown up just like RG three. But, yeah, uh,
1: that's always a concern. That's always a concern for every single quarterback in right, the NFL. Right. Who, who's left standing here? Right. Not running quarterbacks. All these pocket quarterbacks are dropping like flies. Yep. Enjoy Patrick Mahomes while you can. Enjoy Drew Brees while you can. Enjoy Nick Foles while you can. Right? Give me a break.
2: All right. Well, you want to move in? <laughs> we can, we jumped in there on sports real early. There was no uh, – we just jumped right in there. I don't yeah, even well, remember. One thing at least. One yeah. thing leads to another. Right. The, the, right. the how
1: did, you know, you're talking about Manchu, and then you're talking about you know. Right. I was going to say, that how how is...
2: the, the Bay Bridge get into arguing about Lamar Jackson?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, you want to? St- we're bringing back segments this week. You want to get yeah. into our first segment?
1: Yeah. Let's go ahead. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen,
0: the starting lineup.
2: Real short clip to to start that. Working on finding a better <laughs> clip.
1: All right, so let's start with talking about the World Series. Um, I know I know Josh stayed up because we were texting back and forth about it, Josh and my dad. Uh Bert, did you stay up to see the uh Astros knock off the Yankees with the walk-off Altuve mm-hmm. home run?
0: No, I I caught the game before where the Yankees won uh the the last game in New York. So I did catch all that one. Uh no, but I I tend to wake up in the middle of the night. And the first thing I had been checking was my phone, and I was excited to see the Astros take the series, and in the fashion that they did, especially with the Yankees tying it up in the top of the ninth and Altuve. So no, I didn't watch it live like you guys, but I was I was thrilled when I saw the results in the middle of the night, whatever night that was, Saturday night.
1: Yeah, it was either Friday, Friday or Saturday because that's that's the only way I was staying up uh, past. The, I mean, the game was freaking four hours long.
2: Yeah, so yeah, it
1: didn't end till close to one. And I'd only stay up to Friday or Saturday, speed of which I noticed all the World World Series games starts at 8.05, which means they're going to go into midnight, which means it's going to really wreck with my bedtimes, which I I don't appreciate at all. That really gets me fired up. Bedtimes.
0: You can skip like the first three games and just check the score the next morning. It's true. (laughs) The
1: seven-game series. I I thought the last game, Yankees versus Astros, was perfect because um, uh, Roberto Asuno... Uh, who's a bum and a bit of an abusive guy um, and Aratus Chapman who of course also um, is 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 a, a a an abuser both of them blue saves which which of course made me happy and Aratus Chapman losing the game um, was, and was uh, Chat,
2: was Chapman smiling there at the end of the game when they were showing the clips of uh, Atuve uh, running around the bases and they go back to Chapman on the mound. Is he was he smiling there? Yeah, I don't yes. know. It sure looked know. like he was and people people I mean, were getting it, angry about it. Could it you was imagine? Like he was
0: dumbfounded, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it was a dumbfounded like how do you react to that? But it looked
2: yeah. almost like laughing to yourself, which I can totally understand like because I laugh in awkward situations, but it's not a good look.
0: No, it's it's like when something terrible happens and it, you're shocked and it's like a shock to the system. I think of uh, Breaking Bam when Walter White found out that his wife was stealing all the money from him and he just Spoiler starts alert. screaming and laughing. He's And it's a horrible right. situation for him, but he has no no choice but to laugh at ho- exactly. his uh, misfortune.
2: Right. right. Yeah, or it, when it,
0: Kathleen
1: Kelly realizes that Tom Hanks is the IM chat buddy, she's been chatting with the whole time and you've got mail at the very end. Yes.
2: Alright, well I'd go more with like a where you uh, try to do something because you forget that you're almost forty years old and you fall and hurt yourself and all you can do is lay on the ground laughing at yourself for being <laughs> an idiot. That's how I felt with with Chapman.
1: But it got. See, I mean, you mentioned some Minchu stories. The Altuve stories are great too, right? Here's a yeah. guy who little who's who's four foot two and he when we went trying out for the Astros at what was he seventeen years old. And they sent him away saying, we don't believe you're 17. Right. And so he came back the next day with his birth certificate to prove. And he, he signed something for like $10,000 yeah. when he was 17 years old. And now he's turned into one of the greatest baseball players. Um, you know and what? A playoff hero.
2: Yes. You know what my problem with all the Altuve stories are? Yeah. They're all repeats. We heard them all two years ago.
1: Yeah. Like when he first, yeah, he, when he jumped on the scene. And, right. Because two
2: years that? ago, they went to the World Series and they brought out the same stories because he was the star then, too.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, so everybody in Baltimore wants to know, where is our Jose Altuve?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, he's still in some Dominican Republic.
0: He's living in a shack on a Caribbean I island mean, somewhere. Well, Michael Elias got to go find him. Yeah. I don't know how a little guy like that can have so much power.
2: That blows my mind. Well, it's just yeah. it's just compact.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. I
1: was listening to the radio broadcast of the uh, from the Astros. Um, cause why would I listen to Yankees broadcast? And that guy called him like a little nugget, <laughs> a little nugget. I like that <laughs> he called out to be a little nugget when he hit that home run. I like that one too. So, uh, so guys, when I look at these world series teams, here's how I view the world series. I do this every year. What does this say about the Orioles? Like what can the Orioles learn from these two world series teams? Like what are they doing that the Orioles can replicate?
2: Start and pitching. Both these teams have excellent starting pitching. Um, I think it's the first time in a few years that you've got like five pitchers with five plus WAR or six pitchers with five plus WAR, or something like that. A big chunk of their salary is is pitchers for both of these teams. So starting pitching is is the thing that stands out to me.
0: Well, and yeah. they each only have like three. You got three superstar starting pitchers. Yeah, and but those
2: guys are superstars. Make-
0: well, I know, but then you make up the rest with four and five. They, they started in openers. Both the Yankees and the Astros didn't start legitimate, quote unquote, starting pitchers for Game Six. Uh, but it's, I mean, that's the way it's working right now. It's true. Like they literally did not have a
1: fourth starter, so they had to just throw yeah. anyone out there, which is crazy. Um, uh, we that and and Josh, you're right, and Bert, you're right about starting pitching. I find that really surprising, though, because. You look at a few years ago with the Royals, right, who famously made the, the bullpen game, and then you look at the Yankees, who have built their whole kind of um, uh, pitching around their bullpen. I thought we'd be seeing more like, kind of like the Milwaukee Brewers are doing, like the Royals did, where uh, we saw it a couple of years ago with the Indians uh, and 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 their their use of Andrew Miller, like where you get starters to go just four innings, right. and like then the you race. bring in these incredible bullpen arms we saw the rays try it now. this year
2: but yeah I feel like the Rays, especially in a the year
1: are standing have the great start in pitching not the great bullpen
2: right and it's in a year where the all talk all season was about thongs and the home run ball being up and it yeah. still doesn't matter it still comes down to start pitching
1: are you buying the shady uh stories that they're using a new ball now that the ball has changed
2: Oh, for the playoffs i heard this no i've missed those stories
1: Oh no! There's like studies looking at like um, how the ball comes off the bat, saying that this is a different ball.
2: Oh, it's not just the cold weather because now we're into no. cold October.
1: Apparently, you know the nerds can adjust for cold weather. Yeah, and apparently I know that. no, it's the uh, it's the ball.
2: That why isn't that a bigger story than like using the wrong balls all season?
1: I, I agree, and I think it's a pretty big story if, if you're in the nerd world. Uh, but baseball, of course, denies
2: it. They say That's, no. They, they, have they have to because, because they've been denying it all season. That they that they changed it to begin with, and could you imagine if you built your team, if your team was thriving off the long ball, and suddenly you get to October and it's not going?
1: Yeah, That's, it doesn't. The whole thing doesn't make sense. This is a baseball; it's kind of an important part of the game, right? right? Yeah, like you would think you could have, you need a consistent part of the game. With well, the
2: I, right, and the whole thing with these baseballs is about consistency and every ball being the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, how fo- would you feel football if, how does would the you same thing. If,
1: how would you feel if someone went and grabbed your ball, Josh, and every time they grabbed it, it, was, it felt different? It was a different ball.
2: Well, I mean, that happens occasionally, but it's generally pretty good. I don't know what, I don't know your analogy at all. <laughs> um, you're losing me. There's no deflated over here.
1: Hey, uh, can, can I make a point, one more point about the starting pitchers, though? Because I think when you look at the three-stop starting pitchers and there are three studs on each team, right, um, and that's all they got is the three studs. And then you think about the Orioles. And so I think, okay, man, like this means that for, forget about Ryan Mountcastle, right? And forget about the Diaz. Like we need to pay attention to Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall to see if they can turn into to those elite starters. And I think to myself, that will never happen. But on the good news, but there's good news. Um, you look at Scherzer. You look at, um, man, I'm blanking. Who's the lefty? Um, Strasburg? No. The
2: uh, You blanking on Astros pitchers?
1: No, no. I'm blanking on the Nationals guy. They just signed in the offseason.
2: All right. Uh, yeah, we don't cover the Nationals.
1: All right. That'll come to me in a second. I'm just a brain fart. But then if you look at the Nationals, if you look at Granke, and you look at Garrett Cole, and you look at Justin Verlander, five of the six, everyone but Strasburg... Has something in common. And do you know what it is? No. Patrick Corbin's a guy I was blanking on. Patrick Corbin, who was signed in the offseason yeah, for the Corbin, Mets, there, came to me. Um, all those guys, five of the six, were either traded for or they were signed in free agency. Strasburg is the only guy that was drafted by the team and developed by the team. Verlander traded, Cole traded, Granky traded. All the three top starters for the Astros, they traded to get them when they were, you know, near the top of their career. For, for the Nationals, Scherzer signed to, you know, a billion-dollar deal. Corbin signed this offseason. And so on the one hand, like, you look at the Orioles, and you're like, man, the Orioles, can the Orioles ever develop, right, their own Scherzer or their own Strasburg? But the good news is, like, you don't need to because you just trade for them. You do what the Astros did. You get a good farm system then you can trade for Granke, and you can trade for Cole, and you can trade for Verlander. Why? Because you are because you spent so much money international signing and developing the, the miners that now you can trade these pieces to get the stars. I mean, this is what we did a couple of years ago, got Verlander to get them over the top, right, for their first World Series. So that was the trade of Justin Verlander. And so I think if you look at it from the Orders' perspective, yeah, you would like to develop your own aces. But when you develop the farm system really well and you're ready to go over the top, You can trade for those kind of final pieces, and that's just like the Astros have done. Or you can go out there and make a splash and sign if you get any mass and money that the Nationals don't take all the mass and money. You can go out and make a big signing, too, like the Nationals have done. And so there's more than one way to get good starting pitching on your team.
2: Now, the Nationals aren't using the mass and money. They're using the constant loans that they're getting from Major League Baseball. That Major League Baseball is giving them a bunch of money to try to make right for the mass and money that's not coming in. Yeah. So.
1: Uh, because still more people watch Mass and Orioles than watch Mass and Nationals in your face nationals.
2: Was that true this year again? <laughs> yep. That that's pretty telling.
0: Yep. That's shocking.
2: I mean I yep. mean you you got one team that's going to the World Series, another team that's second worst in, in the league, and the second one still has better T V ratings. Yep. Uh yeah, I mean, well, that's what DC is. DC doesn't sell a bunch of s- tickets throughout the year and all. DC is a town that likes the event. So, the 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 Nationals come to make it to the playoffs and now all of a sudden everyone's a Nats fan. The Capitals yeah, well, yeah, make it to the playoffs, all of a sudden right? everyone's a Capital fan. Yeah, but in yeah. Washington, you have a lot of transient people who aren't going to root for the local team. But obviously, like, people want to get on the bandwagon of a winner. I was telling someone, who was it? I think I was, I was telling Glenn Clark this week. I was like, you know, I've been, since I've been down here, I've been telling people like, that I work out of D.C., that I came down from the D.C. market. So now everyone's response is like, am I excited for the Nationals? And I was telling Glenn that it would be really easy for me to just hop on that bandwagon and just tell everyone down here, yeah, I've always been a Nationals fan. And just go with it. But I can't do that. That's like against my soul. (laughs) But it's, uh, I think there's a lot of people who will easily just jump on the bandwagon of whoever's winning.
1: How do you, uh, how do you guys, um, how would you scale your hatred of the Nationals? 10 being the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox. One being the Oakland Athletics, you really don't care at all either way. <laughs> and what what a uh, number are you on here with the with the Nationals?
2: Uh, I think your ranking system's wrong. I think who would you, you put at ten? Uh, well, because I I think instead of like one rate a rated of one to ten, how about like where do they rank in your like top ten like least favorite teams? So like I I much more dislike the Brave the Yankees and the Red Sox, but I think the, I think I would give the Nationals as like my third disliked team. I like them a little bit more now that Bryce Harper's gone, and I enjoyed their pitching staff this offseason, so I was rooting for them. Uh, I don't like their fan base, and I, I think because of that, they're still pretty high up there in teams I don't like.
1: You don't like the Nationals fan base?
2: No, I don't like the Nationals fan base.
1: No, I don't care about them.
2: They're a bunch of Former Oriole fans or people who don't really care?
1: Yeah, that's. I'd rather have someone who doesn't care than a passionate guy with the I don't know, pinning his chest.
2: Uh, sure. I don't know. I think I'd rather have the passionate guy who cares and cares when the teams. I'd rather have a Yankee fan. I'd rather. I've got more respect for a Yankee or Red Sox fan who's still a Yankee or Red Sox fan in the tough years. Red Sox fans, when the Red Sox lost forever, those people who grew up Red Sox fans, they weren't annoying. It's the Red Sox fans now that all they know is winning that are annoying. because. So I prefer the national fan. The national fan that only cares when they're winning is annoying to me. There's no lifelong national fans. I find that annoying.
1: <laughs> not the not Expos fans who came down from Montreal with their team?
2: No, the only yeah all right. And the most annoying national fans, and I'm finding these over on my other podcast, is national fans and Raven fans. That those are your two teams. That you chose the Baltimore football team that was new and started winning, and you chose the Washington football team or baseball team that's newer and started winning. Those fans are the worst.
0: You still see you see a lot of old time people who are Orioles fans. But are also Redskins fans.
2: Oh, and I have great respect for those guys because the Redskins. That's a tough. That's a tough time.
0: Well, and that's like you've you've really latched on to two losers at that point,
2: right? And you're stuck. <laughs> that like that's like us and being Oriole fans. We don't have a choice. We were born into this. And if you're a Redskins fan, you're the same way. You were born into this. So I. So yeah. So I. I mean, I don't. It doesn't compare to hatred of Yankee and Red Sox, but. Uh, Nationals are up there. I can't think of a, a fourth team that I dislike.
0: They, they'd be up there for me as well. I was, I mean, out of all the National League teams that were in the playoffs, uh, there were still some other ones I would have rather seen. I would have rather seen the Brewers or the Cardinals or the Braves. But if you put me between the Dodgers and the Nats, I'll go with the Nats because I hate the Dodgers more than the Nats. Uh, I hate to see them having success. To be honest, it's annoying um, that they are right down the road, that they're the Johnny-come-latelys, that, uh, you know, I, I think it would be fun. I bet there are a handful of old-school Expos fans who's <laughs> just stuck with the franchise regardless of them moving. Um, so that, I'd be curious to see that. But I, I, I want the Astros to win. They're the best team in baseball, and they have been yep. for a, a while now. Uh, and I... I think I would be super pissed if the Nats beat the Astros out of nowhere. Uh, The Nats were one of the wildcard teams, were they not?
2: They were. Yes.
0: Yeah. So Forget it. Get out of here. Do you ever wonder? They lucked their way into the World Series, uh, in my opinion.
1: It was a miracle they made it out of the
2: wildcard
0: game. They had to come back with that big home run. Yeah. I hope the Astros stomp them in four games.
2: You know, we were raised to uh, hate Washington, D.C., and Washington sports teams because of them stopping Baltimore from getting a football team for so long. So it shouldn't be because of that. It means I shouldn't be feeling the same way about not wanting the D.C. to have a baseball team. But at the same time, I do sometimes sit back and wonder what the Orioles would look like if the Nationals never came to town. And how that how the fan base would look, how the crowds at the stadium would look and how that would affect things.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you got something there. But I mean, the crowds is the crowds are down everywhere.
2: They are down every everywhere. Yep. And, well, and that's because of TV, like Matt said, TV is up. TV they outdid the nats. Well,
0: I was right. just looking at
1: Forbes, uh, and Forbes has the value from the Orioles going from last year to this year went up a percent, from one point two billion to one point three billion. So right. it's not like the Orioles are are crying poor here, right?
2: And yeah, you know, I, they're just poorly. And run. you never—it's always the fan <laughs> argument. Fans saying like they're poor. You never you don't hear the front office saying, "Well, we used to be a large market, now we're a small market." You don't hear that from the, from the front office.
1: Yeah, and so and we'll see. Like now, it's understandable why the Orioles don't spend any money. And we'll see when you know we start to get good again. If if when push comes to shove, if if we they treat us like a small market Tampa Bay Ray team. Or if they treat us like the mid-market team that we think we are, um, but I'm I'm with Burt. Like I'm kind of annoyed that they just kind of arrive on the scene and they're already so good, and meanwhile my Orioles stink. Like that's I find it it annoying, um, and I think the Nationals are just happy to be in the World Series. Um, so yeah, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the Astros. Um, though I don't I don't know I don't hate the Nationals. They just kind of kind of annoy me. Yeah. Let's get to some other things. We got a, a lot here on the starting, the starting lineup to get to. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what do you want to get to next? Well, we talked about
2: pitching and how important pitching was to these teams. So, real quick, the Orioles promoted this minor league pitching coordinator to be director of pitching. Have you even heard of this role, director of pitching?
1: Uh, they just made it up.
2: It, right? I, yep. But I saw another team, I think it was the Cubs, also this offseason announced a director of pitching. Okay. So, so is this an new... analytics thing? Like, yes. is this just more about getting the same, um, everyone on the same page from like top down? Yes. So someone to That's oversee? It.
1: So Chris Holt last year was the minor league pitching coordinator. It's also important to note that Chris Holt is the only guy that came with Mike Elias from Houston. So right now, you know, you're looking at our minors, made whatever, there's Sigma Dell. But as far as the development side, like it's it's only Chris Holt. Um, And we saw all the improvements last year with the minor league pitching. Oh, and by the way, Chris Holt is credited uh, partly for helping John Means with his change up that was devastating this year. Um, And Chris Holt is praised for doing a great work with, you know, all the guys.
2: Yeah, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Mike Bowman. Yeah, like
1: a lot of guys made leaps this year. And Chris Holt has given a lot of that credit because the analytics Chris Holt is coming in with kind of this background talking about, um, you know, the pitch track, all the all the cool tools that they use, um, the heterotronic cameras, um, all that kind of stuff, Um, the spin axis, um, all that kind of stuff. And so he is he did this. And and imagine, right, if you're a minor pitching a picture, it's possible that you went through your whole career, college, high school, whatever, and never heard this before, right? And never saw all this data about your spin rate and stuff. And so now all of a sudden you're able to utilize this and it, it makes sense that these guys would make an immediate jump forward. But what the Orioles are trying to do is they're trying to have everyone in the system be on the same page. And so it's, it's kind of surprising me that there was not a guy who did this before, right, who made sure... From the majors down at every level of the minors, they're all learning the same way. They're all using the same kind of data points. They're all being coached in similar ways. Um, and so I think Chris Holt's job is to make sure from majors all the way down to the lowest level of the minors that they're all getting the same data and, and using this data and listening to the coaches. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone in Birdland should be excited about Chris Holt being in charge of our pitching.
0: I'm
2: down. Yeah, and I saw I found it interesting after we talked to Patrick Jones a couple of weeks ago that the Orioles yeah. then this week announced a deal with K Motion through all the leaks from every level of baseball that they will be using K Motion analytics to monitor all their pitchers or, yeah, or yeah, batters batters. Exactly batters. batters. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I saw I think the Orioles tweeted this out or maybe it was Michael Elias tweeting this out saying how the next frontier is 3D. You guys say like, I, like I, I don't know. So, but that had to do with K, K-Motion because K-Motion um, is a program that prides itself. Um, it says, here's, here's from their website. It says, K-Motion, the leader in 3D evaluations yeah. and biofeedback training solutions for coaches and athletes. Um, so I guess you wear up this vest and they can give you like a 3D computer program of all your movements that the hitter's making and the swing that they're making. So this is also going to be used, um, certainly to prevent injuries, certainly to improve uh, batter swings. But also, like you're going to get all this data from from wearing the vest and taking yes. the swings. So you're going to learn. What angle that you swing the bat on a fastball is the best for hitting home runs, right? Or what angle you're supposed to, to swing at, what, what, at what point in the bat you're supposed to make contact for the best results. So it's also about collecting more and more data.
2: Right. I, I saw that they're doing stuff. I don't know if the Orioles, but I saw some story about just how virtual reality is starting to come into it too now, where you can, the, the headers can wear a mask and then stand there and watch balls come in and like see the curveball 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 and not just like the type of pitch but even f- based on like whatever pitchers they're facing and stuff is th- the kind of stuff they're working on so you is can that, sit that there and similar
1: like to what we did in uh, cooperstown when you could ask ranger the, johnson to pitch to you right in the and video be, like, screen video up and pitching to you yeah but <laughs> exactly
2: same idea just a whole lot better but imagine yeah. if you could go into a game and ahead of the game through the headset well i've already faced max scherzer a hundred times yeah, That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's scary, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's just – that's where it gets scary about at what point do you let robots just take over and play the game. At
1: what point do you no longer need Max Scherzer to even pitch? Yeah, right, just, exactly. It's the robot version of him.
2: No, and, of course, that's what makes sports great is the human element and human failure. Um, how about DJ Stewart? He uh, – ankle Friend surgery this show. week. Friend of the show ankle surgery yeah. this week means he's got some time to get on the phone. We should have to, we should reach out this off season.
1: Yeah, we should, but they say he'll be uh, ready
2: still for spring training, right?
1: No, they're saying the end of spring training, which, and that's, I guess, best case scenario, the end of spring training, which to me is kind of a big deal, right? Because this was DJ Stewart's, uh, he's kind of running at it. Like there's some guys like using out Diaz, right? You plays the outfield, some corner outfield guys coming up. So I thought maybe this was DJ Stewart's chance to start off in the majors and see if he can hang there for a while before these young guys come. But if he's ready to return at the end of spring training, he's not going to make the roster, which means he's going to have to go to AAA. Which means he's going means means to he's fight gonna have way. to go and fight for a spot again. So this is kind of a, a pretty big blow for DJ Stewart. True uphill battle. Yeah, but we wish, I mean, we love DJ Stewart. Wish him the best. I thought, I thought he played okay. Uh, it was kind of up and down right this, this this past year um but this is how he's gone i feel like at every step of the way from every minor league level where he would get there he would do okay then he would take a step back and struggle a little bit then he's a really smart kid his son so he'd make the adjustments and then kind of be better the second half of the season so i thought kind of next year would be a good opportunity for him to make his adjustments that he needs to make um and really have a good year next year um hopefully that happens
2: yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and see. And last thing, let's do this last thing in the starting lineup. Uh, no Fan Fest this year came out. Uh, Rock and John Maleo. Uh I think I got the last name right, but the guy from The Sun. Mioli. Uh, Mioli, that's what it is. Are you doing
1: it's, that thing where you purposely mess up their names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. that's, that's it.
2: Um, anyway, they Leo. both uh, reported this weekend about No f- Fan Fest this year, or the reports are hearing. Is that a weird move for you? Like, does that sound weird? for the, I know FanFest, it hasn't been really our thing, but is it weird, like, when you've been trying anything to, like, uh, be friendly and fan, fan front and all this, that you're getting rid of FanFest, which has been a fan favorite even in the losing years? Or is it that you've got no players to bring into FanFest?
0: I think everybody's a little getting ahead of themselves. You know, they, they, they're speculating that... Uh, FanFest is not going to be a thing this year, but they've also said that that doesn't mean there's not going to be something They're They're toying around with some ideas. So if they come up with something better than the thing they have at the convention center each year, I, I'm all for that. Cause what the you, thing at the convention center each year is kind of played out. What do you think they're like going to the
2: have winter thing. fest?
0: I don't know. I have no idea, but they're toying around with other ideas. So I'm not getting my panties in a bunch over it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose out on my $22 uh, autograph voucher to get uh, Paul Fry's autograph. Uh, The only thing I'd be annoyed about is that I I take my kid and now he's going to be six at or five at FanFest this year. And so you're uh,
2: you're prime fine FanFest age frame right now.
0: Yeah, but that's not to say that they're not going to throw something together. That's going to be just as cool, (laughs)
2: which,
0: which is kind of a low bar.
2: So so you're trusting Elias. (laughs) that he's going to re- re- rebuild FanFest as well.
0: I mean the only the other thing too about it is as like, you know, whatever, it is what it is. Uh it's not that great, but it is fun to throw on your Orioles gear in the uh, on a Saturday afternoon in January when it's butt cold outside. Right. And um, see
2: friends from the from the stadium and all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part's kind of cool. But again, I'm I'm not I'm not all upset about it. I'll just wait and see. I'm sure they'll throw something together that'll be pretty cool, and I'll probably participate. And that's where I stand on it.
1: Yeah, I'm with Bert on this one. I don't believe it. Um, how, how, how do we know there's no fan fest?
2: Uh, Rock and John Mioli reported that there's no fan fest.
1: Okay, but Josh, hear me out. If you go back and check Rockabacko's twi- Twitter, he never tweeted out that there's no fan fest.
2: No, he wrote it in his article.
1: Yes, he wrote it in an article in the off season. There's literally one person, I think Matt Kermensker is the only person in the world who still reads Matt <laughs> Rock's blog in the offseason. Oh, he's saw. literally the only guy.
2: I still read it, but I read it like once a week instead of uh, okay. every, instead of every day.
1: Okay, and then Matt took a screenshot of it and shared it out on Facebook. So like, Rock didn't even put this on his Twitter. Right. He just buried it at the bottom yes. of an article in the offseason. Yeah, Matt so, made
2: it a bigger story than Rock. Yes,
1: if Matt never tweeted that out we would not be talking about it.
2: No, so, probably not.
1: So my thinking is, if, if it was, if it was definitely like no fan fest, Rock would tweet out no fan fest. There's still something going on here, whether they're just toying with the idea or whether they're talking about replacement. I, I don't know, but I'm not ready to comment on it either way because there's more to this story. And so let's just wait and see how it plays don't, out.
2: Don't they always do like a fan fest in Sarasota as well? Or some something down here, I believe. Josh. I think, stop
1: trying to get us to come to Florida. I'm Chill. saying I'm, no, I'm <laughs> saying
2: I think they I think they always do something down here that I'll get to go to as well. Alright, you wanna look at some football?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's get the Ravens just had a huge win. Let's talk football. Sunday, Sunday Sunday. Nice, nice. The clips hey, keep looking getting better.
2: I'm keeping I'm keeping the clips nice and short, because we don't want like long, like minute clips unless you need time to like run to the bathroom between segments.
0: No Matt, story time. Come on. Grab your friends.
2: I'm keeping them short. Hey, if Bert wants to bring back a story time, I've got that one ready. Uh, but any <laughs> my my two new sounds are pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're already going 45 minutes and we haven't gotten to the Ravens yet. So it's a good thing you got those short clips. Um, I mean, I'll let you guys talk about it. Just huge win for the Ravens. Right. Absolutely. Um, to beat Seattle and beat them soundly. Um, the thing that sticks out to me the most from the game um is the fact that the defense outscored seattle's offense 14 um, or i guess the, seattle ended with 16 i see here in the notes i thought it was 13 they had Did they, get six they got they, they got a late field goal i got a yeah. late field goal i was putting the kids to bed at that point right but um uh but yeah the the defense scored 14 points we've been saying for how many years since like ed reed left right like we need um defensive players to make big plays that's like raven football and finally we had Humphrey with the big uh, fumble return and of course Marcus, Marcus Peters making his appearance and his debut in Baltimore right. with the big interception for touchdown and don't so not my takeaway big defensive yeah. plays
2: and LJ Fort who yeah, they Fort just signed good. like a week ago two weeks ago who was getting in that backfield and they were getting more pressure than they've gotten all season on the quarterback so yeah it was exciting it's the type of win that makes you think they can beat anyone
0: so watching that Marcus Peters pick six, uh, I was like having flashbacks. I was like, "Holy crap!" Our defense used to do this like on a weekly uh-huh. basis. Yes, and like so, it's been so long since a exciting interception like that. Uh, i like nearly jumped off the couch. And the fumble return
1: too. Yeah, because it's not just it's the turnover and then turn turning the turnover into points. Yeah, it's old. That's Raven football. And I like. Right
2: and uh, and the fumble return. The fumble return was awesome. But did you see during the fumble return how uh, – was it Carr was still holding down? Uh, Metcalf, like he had him in like a wrestling move so that he couldn't get the ball. Yeah. So it, it was definitely fun to see the defense play. And it's amazing how this entire team is behind Lamar Jackson and excited about this. Like it's exciting both sides of the ball.
0: It's building every week. It's, it's uh, reaching manic levels now. The love for Lamar,
1: and I'm yes. all
2: I'm all in. It's great.
1: Yeah, today um, our dad texted us, and I know he texted us because he wants us to read on the air, so I'll read this part. He talks about how um, uh, Lamar Jackson rallies not just the offense, but rallies the offense and the defense around him. And he said, uh, have not seen that. This is my dad talking. Have not seen that since John Unitas days. Kind of awesome. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so people are all aboard
2: the Lamar Jackson train. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, at that same time, like a story came out today about the team talking about how uh, last week with the Bengals and Lamar Jackson requested to have Boyle out on the field when they were down at the goal line because he wanted to try to get Boyle his first touchdown. Now that pass was incomplete and it didn't work out, but it was one of those things that Raven players were talking about to like show respect for Lamar. And how, how Lamar is already a leader at 22 years old is the crazy part.
0: I liked uh, right after the game yesterday, all the post-game conferences and uh, all that Harbaugh and, and uh, Lamar Jackson. They were talking to the media about that fourth down going for it and how he went to the sideline and told him he wanted to go for it and Harbaugh let him go for it. But then today flying all over social media was the actual audio of john harbaugh asking lamar jackson should we go for it and he's like hell yeah i want to go for it coach Uh, i i was loving that and then you heard that yonder whoever was on the side go yes let's do it yeah and they're all like well then go do it let's go do it right and i mean that was exciting i mean I, i watched the video 100 times i was thrilled and uh, I forgot where I was going with that.
2: <laughs> well, but you're right. That was like the team and the excitement on that sideline, especially in that clip, because yeah, Lamar says yes. And then he turns and asks like his offensive line, if they want to go for it and everyone's everyone's on board. Um,
1: and, and the play call is great, right? Game on the line, a huge fourth down play. What do you call? Give it to your best athlete, your best playmaker, and yep. just keep the ball and make a play. I love the play call too. No, no, there's no trickery, no fancy stuff. Just give it to your best runner, your best player, and have him run.
0: Love I you. I remember what I was getting to it. Is that I <laughs> I love I love Lamar Jackson. Good game, bad game. He's he's a thrill to watch, and he's a he's fun to listen to him talk. Even in yeah. a post when he's had a bad game, he's got something to say, and I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um, I there was a clip also after the game yesterday where the sideline reporters talking to him after the game, and she said, you had a great game, 100 yards on the ground, 100 yards with your arm. And when she said 100 yards with your, yeah. with your arm, he made this ugly face like, ew, that's <laughs> that's a terrible stat. Why would you bring that up, 100 yards with my arm? Please. He's, like, and he's probably thinking I could have had 200 if uh, Mark uh, Andrews hadn't dropped three passes.
1: Yeah, it's it's true. Like, There's something about... The way he talks and his kind of enthusiasm for football that like I never played football, but I'm like, sign me up, Lamar. Like, let me go play with you, man. Yeah. And it's and you can't help. All right, I don't want to talk about Joe Flacco here, but it's just it's impossible. That was the last quarterback we had and we had him for a long time. And now we have Lamar Jackson and he's like, Joe Flacco was successful here. Lamar Jackson could not be more different in every single way as Joe Flacco. Right. Just the way he carries himself. The, uh, the way he talks to the media, the the way he talks to the players, the way when the guy doesn't hike the ball, when secure doesn't hike the ball before yeah, the yeah, goes, yeah he just flips out on him, and then yeah. also like pats his helmet and, and like an encouraging love pat, right? Like right. Um, it's just amazing, right? It's amazing. Josh is right. Twenty two years old, yet he has the respect of every player in that locker room, ready to go to war with him. It's I mean it's pretty special. And then you like you shake your head like how did every team who had an opportunity to draft him, right? Because he went last pick of the first round. Every team had a shot, and somehow he's still there. Man, that's a, that's just a really. Uh, I mean, I, I, this it's awesome, right? Watching Lamar Jackson is makes every game win or lose. Bert's right, win or lose, every game is entertaining and worth watching because
0: Lamar Jackson's on the field, and he's just awesome. It, it kind of reminds you, you you couldn't you couldn't blame me last year that I'd rather go to Costco than watch a Joe Flacco football.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like just, just like watch a last year Joe Flacco game. Watch a, a Lamar Jackson game. Even like the yeah, you're right. A Lamar Jackson loss is more entertaining than a Joe Flacco win. It's crazy. Yes. Right.
2: In two weeks, we play the uh, Patriots. Go go to Costco during that Ravens Patriots game. It'll be empty. You'll be able to if you're in the city of Baltimore. Actually,
0: it it'll be closed because it's a night game.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they close early.
0: Uh, especially on Sundays. Like I told. We'll see. I told clock.
2: you'd it be empty. <laughs> they're, shut, they're shutting it down for the, for the Sunday night football.
0: So I actually I actually might go to Costco on that Sunday because it'll be closed by the time the game starts. Well,
2: wear your Ravens jersey so you can high five everyone getting hyped up <laughs> for the game. Uh, did you see the excitement on the uh, the video? The plane ride of the Ravens. I, I they were all excited on the plane, and John Harbaugh is is facetiming with Tony Jefferson, like including him in on all the all the excitement. Nice. I, was a, I thought that was a cool little photo videos going around.
1: Uh, yeah, Josh, but bringing up Tony Jefferson, why after every single game is a new player out for the
2: season? Oh, they're dying, left and right. and everyone right? wants to talk like, about Lamar Jackson getting hurt. He doesn't get hurt. Everyone around him gets hurt. Yeah. right. I mean, and, that was a big story going into this game that Mar, uh, that what's his name? Marlon Brown wasn't, wasn't able to play, and I, we thought Clark that East would hurt. Brown. Yeah, what did I say, Marlon. Marquise Brown. Look, look, it,
1: Humphrey with Marquise Brown. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, but but the story is, I mean, people out for the season, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so how, how, how many more blows? I mean, it, we just heard Pernod McPhee before we came on here. Pernod McPhee was announced that he's out for the season. I mean, the NFL is, is a game of attrition, right? Like, who, which team can stay healthy? It's the longest. And you wonder how many more blows this Ravens team can take, with, especially on our defense with all these injuries.
2: Yeah, and Ozzy's gonna have to. Ozzy's DeCosta. not gonna get this. Yeah, DeCasta. All right, fine, DaCosta. Ozzy's still in that in that castle and working. And he's just not not at the table.
1: DeCasta's the guy.
2: Right, DeCasta's gonna be busy this bye week having to figure something out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see if what what they do to address it because they could do like an LJ Fort type signing where, I mean, he was not a high end free agent, right? They just kind of picked him up off the practice squad or whatever. Right. So let's see if they can do that again.
2: Yeah. All right. You All want
1: right. to get to our uh, question of the week?
2: Yeah, you want to skip over the ball bag? You trying to close uh, things out?
1: It's eight fifty three. I mean, the question of the week is. Uh, I mean, if you want, to, if there's a ball bag question, you're itching to. I'm not really impressed with the ball bag questions either. We can get to some of them next week. All right, unless you want to talk about baby shark. I mean, it's up to you.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I put baby shark in there because I think it is crazy to ride him with baby shark, but uh, <laughs> but I the uh. Trey Mancini, should we trade Trey Mancini? That question came in from a listener this week. So we can save that, though. That's a topic we can talk about next week in the ball bag. He ain't going anywhere.
0: He ain't, ain't going right. anywhere for the next week.
2: Exactly. Nothing's going to happen during the uh, during the whatever, postseason. What's serious? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's take our commercial break here, and then we'll come back to the question of the week.
1: All right, sounds good.
2: Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
1: Now here is a question, a question for you. Remember the answer will start with
2: a Q. I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. Yeah, back. I'm trying to reuse old, uh, old clips as we have them for segments. So uh, we're going to try to bring back a bunch of old segments and kind of mix the segments up each week. We'll bring back the ball bag next week. I got that music ready right here. It's
0: just a ball bag, ball <laughs> bag, ball bag, ball bag.
2: I really wanted to get to that segment just to play the music because I knew you guys forgot about that one too. I did. Um, all right, question of the week is, is this the year for the Ravens to go all in? Should we be trading high draft picks in order for a pass rusher? And is, Or something else, is that what we need to do to fix uh, this team? Do we even need to fix this team at this point? What do you guys think? AFC North is down. AFC in general is down. What do you think? Or, or I, do mean, you... I,
1: can't... I mean, one of the first things I think about is the Rams going all in. Yet I never understood the Rams going all in, where they trade Marcus Peters to get a, an upgrade for Jalen Ramsey but an upgrade that costs them two first rounds. And I don't know who's, like, whose names are we talking about as far as who's available. It does seem, though, that more teams are like accepting the fact that they're not good and being willing to trade players. So it seems like there's more players out there because more teams acknowledging that they stink than in previous years.
2: Yeah, hmm. that's the weird part. Is It's not like baseball where you have a bunch of teams, a bunch of transactions during the trade deadline. The fact that we made one trade... Yeah. Uh, is rare. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that we're talking about making another midseason trade, I don't know who's out there and how all that will work. I love the idea of bringing a veteran like Suggs back because I don't think he would cost much. And I think that yeah, would be good cool.
1: Yeah, but the well. Cardinals are doing well. Exactly. The Cardinals
2: just exactly, won again. The just yeah. won again. They, they look like they might have struggled a little bit, but they're winning again, so they're not going to give him up. So I really don't know who's out there. You, I would look at the Jaguars. Miami's already gotten rid of all their good players. The Jaguars, uh, clearly, since they traded Jalen Ramsey, they've got a bunch of picks. The next two, they got four number one picks over the next two years, first round picks. So I would I would look to the Jags as a team that's that's waiting on the future, but I don't know who they've got in the pass rush department.
0: I I the trade deadline's coming up soon. End so, of the month. Yeah end of October?
2: Yeah, I think it's like the 28th. I think it's like a week yeah. out.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm more... Le, I'm less in panic mode than I was a couple weeks ago after we lost to the Chiefs and the Browns because the defense has seemed to have stepped up pretty significantly over the last two weeks. Uh, we've given up... Uh, oh, I had the stat pulled up earlier, but something about the points we've allowed over the last two weeks... Um, has been a significant uh, decline from what it was over those two losses. Um, The secondary has been better than they were the last two weeks. And, I mean, just maybe Marcus Peters was a fluke or maybe this is a sign of things to come the rest of the year with this guy we picked up from the Rams. Um, So, I don't know. I'm kind of – I'm content with where we are right now. I mean, could we get better a little bit? Sure. But uh, as long as the offense – Uh, we're still scoring 30. We're averaging 30 plus points a game. And as long as we can hold our opponents to less than 30 points, we can give, we can afford giving up three touchdowns, even four touchdowns and still win a game. I think that's good enough to me.
1: Yeah. It sounds like the question is like, do you want to go out there and spend for a pass rusher? Um, and, And for me, like I look at this and Josh, you can talk about the AFC being down, but I look at us as a rising team. And if this year's not the year, then fine, next year's go- is gonna be the year and the year after that. Because we got Lamar Jackson on rookie contract. Heck, we got our whole offense on making no money, right? Like I guess you're paying Ingram, but most of the guys, your best receivers, right. your, your your quarterback are on rookie deals. Right. But right? we
2: also have one of the oldest defenses in in the league
1: you're right so you're gonna to have to spend money on defense to re-sign guys like marlon humphrey and right and, and that'll, that'll be about jimmy smith all and, our
2: drafts draft picks will be all defensive this year probably yeah
1: right um you even look at our right and left tackle um and zeus and zeus jr and stanley i mean they're, they're young tackles so and i look at other nfl teams especially in the afc and i see tom brady a year older i see um Philip Rivers is not even worth talking about anymore. Yeah. Um, I see in our own division, Big Ben coming back from another injury, and he's just getting older. Um, so I think, I think the time is now, you're right, but the time's also next year and the year after that. Like, I think the future looks bright. So I don't want the, the Ravens to do dumb things like trade two first-round picks when you have a chance to build a team that's going to be good this year and for years to come. Um, on the other hand, right, when you're trading a first-round pick and your team's this good – it's going to be a real – it's going to be a you know late first-round pick. But still, I I, I I look at a team here that is built to win now, but also more importantly um, – or just as importantly, built to win into the future as long as you have Lamar Jackson on this rookie deal and you can spend money in other places. Right. So, yeah, I think maybe like try to sign someone off a practice squad, like find that dime in the rough just like you did with Fort. Uh, but don't go trading away draft picks for, for a player. But I would then-
2: but then if you are trading draft picks away, it's not going to be for a rental. It's not for a one-year guy. It's for a, it's, it would be for a multi-year guy. And I am totally at the viewpoint of it's hard to win a Super Bowl. So if you have a shot to go for it, you go for it. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade with someone. But it all comes down to what's available. If, if it's not – you don't make the move just to make a move. We see that in baseball all the time where it felt like the Orioles were sometimes just making moves to make moves, and it didn't work out.
0: Uh, well, and that – at the time, and maybe it is different with baseball, but right now we're looking at a Ravens team where the window's open and it's just getting bigger and bigger.
2: Yeah.
0: Whereas if it – it'd be a different scenario if the window is closing and now's our chance – Make a ridiculous trade. Get the pieces we need to win now. Win this year. We have to win this year. I I think we're good enough to win the Super Bowl this year. And if we don't make it that far, if we, if we, if if it doesn't happen for us this year, I'm okay with going on to next year. It's not like we're trading the farm because it's right. uh, boom or bust this year only. That's not the case with this team.
2: It's unfortunate that the Patriots game will be after the trade deadline because that's the team that the big question is, can we beat the Patriots? Because that's the team you're going to have to get past uh, to, if you're going to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and that's a team I think that's running out of time, right? Like that—that—that—that's that, a team that can do something dumb, right. like San Antonio Brown, exactly. Because you realize like Tom Brady isn't going to be around forever, and so you want to win another one while you still have Tom Brady. <laughs> um, but the Ravens aren't have right. to have that mentality,
2: right? Got to got to make sure to get number eleven or whatever <laughs> Brady's got.
0: That's uh, two weeks from uh,
2: yesterday,
0: Yesterday, Sunday night in Baltimore. It's a huge game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a huge uh, kind of benchmark. Though Seattle was a huge game too, right? And we showed up then. So, yeah, this is a big game, but we've already proven we can win the big game.
2: Next week is uh, Ravens' bye week, which means I'm bringing all these ball bag baseball questions back into next week. Oh, boy. Because there's not going to be much Ravens <laughs> to talk about. So get ready Hopefully for the World Series will be over by then. All right. Get ready for a bunch of baseball talk next week.
1: All right. I'll, I'll, I'll have a trade scenario for Trey Mancini next week.
2: All right. All right. That works. I'll have one for Dylan Bundy.
1: Good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, And Burt, your job is to come up with a trade scenario for Chris Davis. We all have our homework.
0: Ah.
1: Good luck. All right, boys and girls. All right, boys and girls. Check us out uh, on all the social media platforms. Write us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars and tell us how much you like that we brought back all these awesome segments. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Burt on Twitter. At Burt Rudy. And you can follow Josh on Twitter.
2: At Josh Rucker.
1: Thanks for listening, boys and girls.